Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, August 4th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host here, Cole Sheldon, who obviously got a nice little haircut there. Then <laughs> quarantine haircut, huh? It's done. Quarantine. You could actually go to the barbershop now, right? So Yeah, it's all good. How's everything with you, man? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Not bad, Cole. You know, uh, things are finally starting to get back to normal, it seems like, right? we got other sports coming back on. Uh, obviously, baseball's a little screwed up right now, but hockey and basketball seem to be doing really well. And obviously, MMA's finally kind of like booming again a little bit. Uh, obviously, we have UFC to cover tonight, and or today, I should say, and we will do that. But, you know, this weekend, we also have Bellator as well as Contender Series. Uh, I'm not going to do Bellator with Cole today. It's just too much for one podcast. I'm going to save that for later in the week. And uh, today, me, myself, uh, and Cole, we'll, we'll just do uh, UFC uh, on ESPN Plus 32 preview, UFC on ESPN Plus 31 recap, and uh, Contender Series. That's tonight, and we will preview it briefly. Okay, so let's start with uh, UFC on ESPN Plus 31, Cole. So that was uh, the Brunson Shabazian card. There's a lot to talk about. I don't want to go too in-depth on this because obviously we have a card to preview here, but there's definitely a lot to talk about here. Uh, let's start with the main event, Cole. Derek Brunson gets a third-round finish here over Edmund Shabazian. Great performance by Edmund, man, or uh, by Derek. He looked incredible against Edmund here. Not many people gave him a chance. I kind of wish I picked him. I mean, I was kind of leaning towards winning the podcast last week. I was like, this guy's got a little tools to win this fight. But, uh, man, he even surprised me. Like, it was a really dominant performance. I think the first round was close. You could have given it to Edmund. I think I, I might have scored for Brunson, though, to be honest with you. I, I like the way he looked, man, the wrestling, um, mixing it in with the striking. Second round, I think the fight could have been stopped at the end of the second round, personally. And then the third round, obviously, uh, Derek Brunson gets the finish there over Edmund. So, huge win for Derek Brunson, man. Keeps him solidified in the top 10, Cole. For Edmund, obviously, you know, it's his first loss of his career, but he'll be back 22 years old. Give me your thoughts on this performance by Derek Brunson. Yeah, Brunson looked good. I didn't think uh, he'd be able to get past Spazian. He's a guy that you don't really know what Derek Brunson you're going to get. Sometimes he just runs wild like he did in Adesanya fight and gets caught. Other times, even Ian Heinrich, he almost got caught earlier with that head kick. Like, so I thought Spazian would land something like a head kick similar to that, be able to drop him, but... Ever since going to Henry Hoof, he's on three-fight winning streak. He looks good. I think he's kind of past his gatekeeper. I think the UFC has to give him a, a guy ahead of him and see, is he really uh, one of those like top five guys or is he just a guy being able to beat anyone ranked uh, 10 to unranked in the middleweight division? I saw your article this morning. You suggested the winner of Romero and Hall. Uh, I will say I, I'd like to see a rematch with Romero at some point. The first fight... Man, Brunson was winning that fight, and then third round he got finished. Like, really nasty strikes to the body. It was an interesting fight to watch. I'd like to see it happen again. I think Brunson would have a lot more success this time. Romero's getting up there in age now, so I think Brunson might actually win that fight. Having said that, I'd like to see him fight Jack Hermanson, man. And Actually, Marcus Williams just sent us a message. Derek Brunson training in Florida has helped him a lot. Derek versus Hermanson is the fight I'd like to see. I agree 100%, Marcus. This is exactly what I'd like to see, too. Some people will suggest maybe Hermanson versus uh, Darren Till, but Darren Till's out for six weeks at least with an MCL. Uh, I think it's surgery or, or something, but he's going to be out for a little while anyways. Uh, I would rather just see Brunson and Hermanson get rebooked. I don't think either guy took much damage in their fights. Um, Hermanson didn't at all, really, against uh, Gaslam. Brunson, I don't think he took too much damage in this fight. Maybe some of those kicks to the body did hurt him, but I think it can get these guys back in there in a couple months. Maybe on that October card, with uh, Cannoneer and uh, Whitaker, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But that's the fight I'd like to see, Cole. I saw what you suggested for Edmund. You said Ian Heinish. Again, it's a, f a fight that makes sense. Um, you know, I think at this point, 
Edmund definitely is a guy that could still potentially be a title challenger one day, but this is the problem with rushing prospects, right? Like, I don't think they really rushed him, actually. I think they gave him the sensible step up at each time. Like, this was a, the right matchup to make. It was the guy right ahead of him in line. But this is exactly why I'm telling people to slow their role with Hamzat, you know? Edmund's been arguably even more dominant. So, uh, you know, Hamzat's amazing. And I think he's going to do well in the UFC. But you got to slow your role, guys. Seriously, like, there's no point in rushing prospects. So, as far as Edmund goes, you suggested Heinrich, who's number 13. I'm fine with that. I think you could also do maybe the loser of uh, Akhmedov and Weidman, potentially. You could do that fight as well. Um, maybe Antonio Carlos Jr. That's another guy in the top 15 at the bottom of it. Any of those guys make sense. Uh, you know, maybe if Uriah Hall loses his fight, you could do that as well. So there's a lot of guys for him. I, I just think maybe around the same area. But you know what? They might actually give him someone who isn't ranked right now to kind of build him back up. Also, Cole, Brunson should have got a bonus, right? Come on. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he should have. And with uh, Heinz, I don't know if you saw his tweet, but he tweeted at Shabazzin after the event saying, like, oh, you couldn't even go three rounds with Brunson. So I think that's part of the reason is he kind of wants that fight. So I saw a lot of people even saying Eric Anders, if you're going to give okay. uh, Shabazzin a step down, just because Eric Anders has that big name. He's an unranked guy. It's a winnable fight for Shabazzin. If you don't want to give him a ranked guy, I think that would make sense as well. I think it's hard to give Shabazzin an unranked guy, though, which he beat Brad Tavares really easily. He was a rank. I think Tavares is still ranked. I like. I don't know how far back you can put him. I think the Anders fight maybe makes sense just because he has a name. It's a winnable fight, but I still think you kind of have to give him a rank guy. Yeah, someone in the bottom half. But by the way, I just don't agree with all with Brad Tavares being ranked in general. Like at number twelve, Cole. When was the last time Brad Tavares won a fight? You know, I respect the guy. He's been around the UFC for like ten years. He's won some good fights, but last time he won a fight, I mean, it's it must have been a while, right? So let me check his profile here. I, I don't think it. It's uh, the last fight he's won was he lost to Jocko, right? So he lost to Adesanya. Was it Talos Latis? No, no, he beat sorry, he beat Jocko April 2018. That was his last win, third round knockover Jocko. So two and a half years ago, to me, that's not a guy that should be ranked number 12 in the world. So I know what you're saying, but yeah, I mean, the guy is good. I just hope the UFC doesn't really rush him into like a elite opponent again. Brunson's so underrated, by the way, Cole. He really is. 12 and 5 now, I think he is, with like eight finishes in the UFC. Underrated fighter. Should never even uh I was talking to Gilbert Burns and Vicente Luga for this fight. They're he's at Sanford, and they were saying like a lot of people are thinking Shabazz and asked for this fight to get that step up. Brunson was the one that asked for this fight. He wanted he's because he thought Shabazz has all this hype. He even said this is a Wibble fight, and this is gonna be a coming out party for him. So I, I can see why Brunson won this because now he does have a lot of hype after taking that O of Shabazian. Yep, I agree. All right, co-main event, Jennifer Maya defeats Joanne Calderwood. First round submission. Great performance by her. She looked incredible in this fight. By far her best performance in the UFC. Having said that, Cole, she's only 3-2 and two in the UFC. She missed weight in two of those fights. Yet, she's going to be next in line to fight Valentina Shevchenko. I got to say, Cole, I don't agree with this, man, at all. I think people are just kind of forgetting, like, what she did in her last fight where she lost to Caitlin Chikagian. Like, Jennifer Maya has not been impressive in UFC whatsoever. Five fights, four of them went the distance. She missed weight twice, Cole. And all of a sudden, she gets one win and gets a title shot. I don't agree with it at all, Cole. I know Cynthia Calvillo only has one fight in the division. I would much rather see Calvillo fight Shevchenko. I think that's a much more interesting fight. I think uh, Jennifer Maya doesn't have a chance against Valentina Cole. What are your thoughts on her getting a title shot, man? I, I honestly don't agree with it at all. She wouldn't even be in my first three options. I'd have Cynthia Calvillo, Lauren Murphy, and Jessica Andrade if she beats Jessica I. I think Andrade beating I is a bigger win, and she has a bigger name 
then and she's proven herself in the UFC. Yep. I don't get how you can give Jennifer Maya the title shot just because she's missed weight two of her last three fights. How do you know she's I know she came out one twenty four and a half this time, but how do you know she's not gonna miss weight next time? Then you don't have a title fight. Yep. I don't like I think you kind of do Calvillo or Murphy give whoever to Shevchenko, then whoever doesn't get that title shot fights Maya in a number one contender fight. I don't get all the talk of oh Jennifer Maya deserves it. Oh Maya's looks so good. She got Don like Kane's game picked her apart. I think Shevchenko was gonna do the exact same thing. I, I'm not sold on her yet. I mean, she looked good in this fight, but Joanne Calvillo's been submitted a couple times now. Her ground game is not really her forte. Uh, and let's be honest, Joanne Calderwood, she was kind of almost a placeholder against Valentina. She was going to lose that fight too. I think there were odds at some point and she was uh, like plus 600, I think. can't remember. But uh, yeah, I think with Maya, I'd rather see her fight Lauren Murphy for the number one contender spot. Like I think that makes more sense and then give Calvillo that shot. But I'm with you, Jessica Andrade, she's fighting in uh, October. If that fight was sooner, maybe you could do the winner of that fight. I think she does beat Jessica I pretty handily, by the way. So I think she's up there. And some people have said, okay, well, she's lost her last two fights. She lost to Wheelie Zhang. She lost to Rose Namajunas. No shame in that. She's a former champion. She's fought in two different weight classes. This will be her third. And she's a big name in, in the women's division. So I'm with you, Cole. I think I'd rather see that. But I think Calvillo was the fight to make. Calvillo's got an excellent record in the UFC. I think she's 7-1-1 or 6-1-1. She's great, man. She really is. And I think at 125, she's going to do really well. I'm not saying any of these girls actually beat Valentina, by the way. Valentina is going to be a massive favorite against anyone she fights in this division, unless maybe she fights Li Zhang. But at the same time, Cole, I, at least I think that Calvillo could make it more interesting. I just think Maya gets smoked really fast. I, I just don't see it being a competitive fight. And I just don't think you can trust someone who's missed weight two of her last three fights to make weight. That's just my opinion on that. All right, next up, Vicente Luque, great finisher over Randy Brown, second round knockout. Man, that was a perfectly timed knee, Cole. Gets the knockout over Randy Brown. Vicente Luque was only like minus 210, I think, at close. Crazy, man. Like, I know Randy Brown's had some nice fights at times, but the guy's been knocked out a couple times now. Vicente Luque's a killer. 12-3 and three in the UFC, Cole, with 11 finishes, Cole. He is so underrated. I know you've talked to him, obviously. You had the interview the last week. He's so good. He called out Nate Diaz. He won't get that fight, unfortunately. I don't think it was the right call out. I mean, Nate's not going to fight Vicente Luque. Would it be a good fight? It'd be a great fight, let's be honest. But it's not the right fight to make. It's too bad Jeff Neal's not available. I think that would have been a great fight for Vicente. But in general, Cole, I feel like Vicente's a little bit ranked a little bit lower than he should be at number 11. I think he should be ranked a little bit higher potentially. In fact, I do believe he should be ranked higher than Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal's only 5-0 in the UFC. His best one is Mike Perry. I think Vicente Luque has proven himself a little bit more than Jeff Neal. So I think he should be ranked number 10 right now. Um, you know, looking at the rankings, Rafael Dos Anjos is ranked two spots ahead of him at number 9. That'd be a fun fight, Cole. I know Rafael's coming off a loss. But I think that'd be a good fight, Cole. So that's kind of fight I'd look for. Um, I'm just looking at the rest of this division. I mean, I, I don't know who else he'd fight because Stephen Thompson, obviously, he's already beaten him. Uh, Damian Maia won't take that fight. Michael Chiesa, maybe maybe that could be a good fight. I don't know if Michael would take that fight either. I don't know, Cole. What are you thinking for Vicente next? I just think it's the winner of Jeff Neal, Neil Magny. It's only in a couple of weeks, that fight. Yeah. Or I don't know if he'd take it, but Robbie Lawler, Vicente Luque would be a phenomenal That'd fight. Be a phenomenal fight. I, I don't know what's going on with Robbie these days. Like, it'd be nice to see him come back and uh, take on one of these young guns. But uh, he might be at that point, Cole, where he's looking for, like, big fights. Um, Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler, that kind of fight. I think that'd be the kind of fight maybe that would coax him out of uh, wherever he is. He's just chilling right now, man. He's made a lot of money, dude, and, you know, he's had a lot of success. So I think that Robbie wants to take the, the right fight for him. But – as a fan, that'd be a great fight. And so would the Nate Diaz fight. I think it'd actually be a stylistically a fun fight. 
I mean, even like Jorge Maslow versus Luke, that'd be a fun fight too, Cole. I don't think it would happen, but stylistically a fun fight. Uh, Bobby Green defeats Landon Venata. How is he an underdog here, Cole? He closed at like plus 120, crazy odds. He dominated the fight, man. He won 30-26 on one of the scorecards, uh, dropped, landed in the first round, but pretty much just dominated with his striking. Bobby Green, Cole, is one of the most underrated lightweights in the UFC. Do you agree with me on that? Yeah, I don't know why he was the underdog. Like, Landon Venata is the most inconsistent fighter. He has never won or lost two straight fights in the UFC. He has like a loss and then a draw and then a win and then a draw or then a win and a loss. Like you don't know what Lando Venata you're going to get. So I don't know how people bet him up as the favorite, how people were laying down money on him. It's weird. But yeah, as far as Bobby Green goes, I mean, there's no secret that uh, I really like Bobby Green. I mean, I had him on the podcast way back in the day with James and uh, he was great, man. And, you know, we've kind of like kept in touch a little bit over the years. So he's awesome. And overall, Cole, in the UFC, he's actually 7-5-1. and one. And Cole, he's won five fights as an underdog. Five fights as an underdog. Uh, the Landon Venata fight, uh, Josh Thompson, Pat Healy, James Cross, and Jacob Volkin. He was an underdog in all those fights. So he's a guy that doesn't get much love from the betting public, Cole. But as an underdog in this spot, I love him here. Uh, next up, Jonathan Martinez. He came in overweight and he knocked out Frankie Saints. He looked amazing. Another knockout for this guy. Uh, Cole, you look at Jonathan Martinez's record, man. 26 years old, Cole. 12 wins, 7 by knockout for a 135er. That's pretty impressive, man. He's actually got 4 wins by knee, including 2 wins in the UFC by knee. So this guy's knees are extremely dangerous. He would have won a bonus, but he missed weight. Frankie Sainz took a lot of punishment in this fight. This fight should have been stopped. It should have never entered the third round. Just like the Shabazzian fight. That fight, too, should have never entered the third round. Um, you know, Frankie Saints is a very tough dude. I get it. He wanted to go out in the shield. I respect that. But he didn't need to go for that third round call. A 40-year-old fighter, man, this is the kind of like almost career-ending fight I think could be, potentially be. He's in a tough spot right now. I saw his uh, the article on BJ Penn. He wrote on Facebook that he feels like he was forced to take this fight against the guy who missed weight by four and a half pounds. Uh, I think the UFC said they would cut him if he didn't accept the fight. So, unfortunately, he... Probably will get cut anyways. I mean, he's lost three straight fights by TKO, I think, or two straight fights. Um, overall, I mean, the guy is a grinder, and, you know, I respect Frankie Sainz, but, you know, Cole, now he's, his record in the UFC is 5-5. Five and five. He probably didn't lose his job either way. So it's unfortunate that Martinez missed weight because had he not missed weight, he would have won that bonus. So um, I'm high on this guy, though, Cole. I, I think you agree with me on this guy. Uh, he's pretty solid, man. Yeah, other than the weight miss, that was the only big thing is he has to get weight control because – I don't know how good he do at featherweight. He's not a big guy. I think Bantamweight, he has to figure that out. But he looks really good. He, he's still young, has a lot of power. He really should be on a four-fight winning streak. I think a lot of people thought he beat Andre Ewell. Yeah. So he honestly could be closing into getting a ranked guy or just a guy like that 16-20 range. But he, he's dangerous at Bantamweight with all that power. I agree. Um, just the last couple of fights here, we'll go through them quick. Nathan Manis defeats Johnny Munoz by decision. This fight was pretty boring. Uh, pretty much just Munoz pushing Manis against the fence. Manis wins the decision. Kind of controversial. I scored 28-28, I believe. There was a uh, point deduction for a groin shot, if I'm not mistaken, late in the third round. This guy got hit in the nuts like maybe four or five times in this fight. The referees got to start taking the point sooner, Cole. Like, why do they have to wait so long to take the point? Everyone knows you can't hit a guy in the nuts. I'm not saying it was necessarily intentional, but at some point, you know, you're, you're hurting a guy. Uh the scorecards were kind of weird for this fight, Cole. Uh, man, if you look at the media scores, really strange. Uh, either way, Cole, not an eventful fight. Jamal Emmers defeats Vincent Cachero. Again, not an eventful fight, but he wins a decision 30-27 across the board. And finally, Chris Gutierrez defeats Cody – or excuse me, it's actually a draw. Chris Gutierrez and Cody Durden fought to a 
Unanimous draw, which is very rare in the sport, 28-28 across the board, 10-8 round in the first round for all three judges. And then uh, Gutierrez won 10-9, 10-9. I'll be honest, I think you could score 10-8. I actually had a 10-9 because he didn't do any damage. You can't just have positional control. You also have to do damage. So to me, it was 10-9. I would have actually scored the fight for Chris Gutierrez, but I'm not arguing the 10-8. If you want to argue that, no no problem. I think you uh, kind of agreed with you on that one, Cole. Yeah, because I don't think like Durden really... I think Gutierrez dominated the third round just as much yeah. as Jared yeah. dominated the first. So I'm yeah. like, if you score the first 10 you have to score the third 10 I just did 10 nines across the board on all, every single round, and Gutierrez winning second and third. I thought he won the fight because although Durden had his back, he didn't really do anything with it. He just kind of held Gutierrez there. So, okay, you're holding position, but you're not doing any damage. So it, it, I don't know how it – I could see a 10 but I don't really agree with it. Yep, I'm with you on that one. Okay, so just quickly, I don't want to get into this too much, but we did have a few fights fall off at the last second. Um, first fight that fell off was uh, Gerald Mearshart against Ed Herman. Unfortunately, Gerald Mearshart tested positive for COVID-19. Hopefully, he feels better. I think he was asymptomatic. So, I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know how he got it. I mean, they're in a bubble. Like, he's getting tested constantly. It's kind of crazy, man. So, hopefully, he feels better. Um, obviously, Ed Herman didn't fight. Kevin Holland was supposed to fight against Trevin Giles. Trevin Giles literally fainted while they were walking out. Apparently, Kevin Holland wasn't even told. He just saw it on the TV. That's so crazy, man. The guy was about to fight, and then no one even told him from the UFC. Really weird. Um, Kevin Holland's going to fight in this card this weekend. We'll break down this fight a little bit later. Uh, the Trevin Giles thing was kind of crazy, and then the media was asking about it, and this guy was basically insinuating that uh, he, he fainted, and Dana White later said, like, oh, this guy got he got too much nerves and, and the anxiety – the anxiety made him faint. Cole, this guy apparently might have a heart condition. Like, that's not why he fainted. He's a police officer in Houston, Texas, man. This is a tough dude. I don't think he's scared of fighting anyone. So I I thought it was kind of, like, cruel to kind of throw shade at this guy after he fainted. Um, You know, health and safety of the fighters is the most important. I understand it's a, it's a brutal sport, but if a guy faints on the way to the octagon, you can't put on that fight. So, unfortunately, that's what happened. Um, And the other fight that fell off was Marcus Perez and uh, – Charles Ontiveros, and that was after the Eric Spicely fight fell off. So, a lot to talk about here, but you know, the first thing I want to mention is uh, Eric Spicely was cut from the UFC after this. So, Eric Spicely took to social media and basically said he did miss weight and he took all uh, responsibility for that. But he also mentioned that after the Durant win fight last year, which was fight of the night, by the way, and what arguably one of the best fights of 2019, great fight. He said he got a nasty concussion after that fight and has dealt with uh, depression, anxiety, and all sorts of other mental health problems after that. And he said that he was on antidepressants, and he said that those pills uh, made it difficult for him to cut the weight. Obviously, the UFC was really pissed off at him. They cut him, but they don't cut Ray Borg, Cole. They didn't cut Ray Borg, but they cut Eric Spicely. We don't even know why Ray Borg pulled out of this fight. I know Ray Borg got a six on at home. I feel bad for Ray Borg. That's tough, man. No doubt about it, but... Cool. Ray Borg pulls out of more fights than he ever fights. And somehow he kind of has gone uh, scot-free, whereas Eric Spicely has a legitimate reason why he missed weight. And uh, it seemed really cool. They cut him, man. Um, you know, he's saying all the right things. But, dude, I got I to gotta be honest, Cole. I feel really bad for this guy. He hasn't. He said he hasn't made money in a year since last June against uh, Deron Wynn. He lives in Canada now because he trains here, but he can't work because he's not a Canadian citizen. He's in a tough spot, man. Um, Ed Herman. He was pissed off that the fight fell off. He uh, apparently like got drunk or something and, and got on the plane, went home. And Dana White got pissed off at him because he wasn't available to fight Kevin Holland. How was he supposed to know that was going to happen though? Like that's kind of ridiculous. And I don't even get how that fight was supposed to be made. One way, two hundred five, one way, one eighty five. How is the commission even going to allow that? I have no idea. Like I think Marcus Perez that could have fight could have happened. Cool, Marcus Perez against Ed Herman or Marcus Perez against 
uh, Kevin Holland because he was 195 uh, as a catch weight. So I have no idea how they were going to do the Herman fight anyways, but Dana White got pissed off. Um, Stephen Morocco uh, reported that Ed Herman got paid 10000 That's not his show money. That's some money. Cole, these guys weighed in. They should have been paid their show money, in my opinion. Ontiveros, no. He didn't even show up on the scale. He didn't make weight. No, not to him. Marcus Perez made weight. Give him his show money. Ed Herman made weight. Give him his show money. Uh, Kevin Holland made weight. Give him his show money. Trevor Giles made weight. Give him his show money. Gerald Mershaw made weight. Give him his show money. I understand that Gerald got sick. You think he intentionally got COVID-19? No way. He should have been given his show money. These guys stepped on the scale. They made weight cold. They did their job. It's unfortunate those fights fell off. The screwed up thing is, Cole, the UFC still gets the same amount of money from their TV deal with ESPN, whether it's eight fights or ten fights. They've already budgeted this money for the fighters. Why are they being so cheap, Cole? Tell me. Who knows? And then you don't have to pay a win bonus in Gutierrez. Uh, <laughs> that fight in Durden as well. So then you save the win bonus money too. So I don't get how – like Ed Herman's guy that's been around forever. I don't know why Dana White doesn't say like you've literally been around since what, tough three, I think it was? 15 yeah. years. Yeah. Why don't they throw him bone and say, you made weight, you did everything you could, here's your show money, we'll get you a fight whenever you want to fight. Yeah, and there's there's a really screw up sentiment like online from fans saying like, you know, these guys are going to get a fight booked in two weeks or something like that. That's maybe, I mean, they might get a fight booked, who knows, they could get injured during that two weeks. Not only that, but they have to pay their coaches again to fly them back out there. They have to pay their nutritionist, called their manager. It's being a fighter especially for these guys at lower rank school, you're breaking even if not losing money, hoping that one day you'll become a star. You know, a guy like Ed Herman, he's been around the UFC since 2006, I think. He deserves a lot more respect from the UFC than what he got from here. So, you know, as far as that goes, I mean, I could go, we could talk the rest of the show about how screwed up the finances are. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was really disappointed with Dana White not giving them at least their show money. I understand that, you know, you don't want to give the win bonus. Sometimes they used to do that. I can understand why they wouldn't do that. But these guys made up, uh, made weight and they showed up. They should have got the win bonus or uh, show money. All right, take a few questions, then we'll get into the uh, preview for UFC on ESPN Plus Thirty Two. Okay, Chris Ludford, why didn't JoJo just wait a few months to fight Valentina for the flyweight title? Now look what happened: lost to Maya by submission. Horrible decision. He also adds JoJo needs better management and advice on how, who, when to accept MMA bouts. If JoJo didn't want to wait for Valentina, then she should have taken a warm up bout instead. Rachel Ostevich, who's suspended, so she can't fight her. Uh, lesson learned. Okay, I, I know what you're saying, Chris, and uh, I'm not saying you're wrong because uh, obviously it didn't work out too well, but she was favored going into this fight. A lot of people thought she'd win the fight, even despite taking on short notice. I think it's one of these situations where she hasn't fought in a little while now, and she's like, you know what, I, I can, I got to make some money. And uh, the, the opportunity came out to take a co-main event spot and make her at least her show money. Um, Valentina fight, maybe in a few months, who knows? Valentina's hurt right now. That might not happen until next year. It's hard to say, okay, I want to sit in the uh, shelf for the rest of the year and just wait for the champ. Not only that, Cole, but I doubt she would have made more money for that fight. That's probably why she took this fight because if there was, like, pay-per-view points, which I don't think she would get, or some sort of, like, uh, increase in her contract, she probably would have waited. But she's like, you know what? If it's the same amount of money, I'm just going to take this fight and hope I win. She lost. It looks bad now. But honestly, I don't blame her for taking it. What do you think, Cole? Yeah, like she hasn't fought since when was it two forty two last September against Andrea Lee? Was that her last fight? Yeah, so she hasn't fought in a year. She hasn't made money in a year. Like, uh, you don't. No one really knows when Shevchenko is going to be back. No, there's. It's just been always for the longest time. It's just been oh, a couple, few more months, few more weeks, few more months. It's like maybe Shevchenko's not ready till next summer. So now she's going to wait a year and a half of not making money. Like, it, it's a job. Like you end up having to make money, and I don't really blame Caldwell for taking it. Like. 
if she felt like she could win the fight, if she needed that money, like you can't blame her for taking the fight. Yeah, I agree. And Chris says Jojo, after working so hard, gets to rank number three now, dropped to sixth. I mean, that's the risk she took, man. She knew what she signed up for. Also, she fainted after the fight, too. Hopefully, she's okay. That's crazy that two people fainted on this card. And he says Valentina said she's fighting this year. She can say what she wants, but until she steps in the cage, I, I don't trust her to, to actually fight again this year. Because she got hurt, man. She got surgery. Steve S. Hey, Adam. How's it going, Steve? Glad you're here. All right, we're going to go to the UFC on ESPN Plus 32 preview. Okay, Cole? Yep. All right, cool. Um, so we got, I believe, 11 fights in this card. They did add the Kevin Holland fight. Really 12 with Holland. 12? Okay, good. All right. UFC on ESPN 32. Hermanson versus... No, no, that's not the right one. Stupid thing. Sorry, guys. I got to pull up the topology. For some reason, it didn't show up. Although my video came up with Cole, which is good. It's, it's ESPN plus 32, isn't it? I don't know. I just call it UFC Vegas 6. Yeah. I'm looking at the... Uh, if you look at Best Buy, that's cool. I'm kind of going by like what they're using. But for some reason, it's not coming up. I don't know why. It's really weird. Give me a second, guys. That's strange. I wonder what they're calling it there. Suck. All right. Cole, talk about the uh, just overall the card while I'm looking for this. I mean, the main event, it's a weird one. I'm fascinated to see it, though. Like, Derek goes likes analytic. You cannot have more polar opposite styles in the heavyweight division than that. Like, Lewis does not want to go to the ground. Olenek doesn't really want to stand up. Chris Wyden back to 185 in the co-main event. Should be interesting to see that. So overall, it's actually a pretty good fight night card. Like, you have some fairly notable names like Weidman. You have Darius Holtzman. You have Kevin Holland fighting. Tim Means is back, which is... I love watching Tim Means fight. Um, now he's at Hackers, Alex Munoz. That's a really interesting fight because it's kind of two prospects going at each other. Uh, Canadian Gavin Tucker's fighting. He's coming yeah. back, so which is good, but... 12 fights should be a good one. Main card's pretty good. There's obviously some fights. I'm really looking forward to some sneaky fight of the nights, I think. But it's a much better fight uh, fight night card than last week's for sure. I agree with that. All right, so let's get into this card. All right, first fight in the card, it's a bandweight ball between Ali al Kiesi and Erwin Rivera. And right now, the odds for this fight have Rivera minus 200, al Kiesi plus 170. Who's your pick? I'm going to earn Rivera here, but I wouldn't bet this fight. I think this is a – I don't really think you can bet on either guy. I don't know too much about Alcassi. I tried to watch some stuff on him. He looked good in Brave. He had a three straight wins in Brave, a, a submission win, and then two decisions. But Erwin Rivera, even though he lost Gia Chikazi, he looked good. I think he was just way too small in that fight. He's a natural bantamweight. He had some success in Titan FC. He was their Titan champ. I think he's the better striker. I think he's just the better all-around fighter. But again, like I wouldn't be surprised if Alcassi won this fight. I but this is one I just wouldn't bet at all, just because it's Aaron Rivera's all on the UFC. You have Alcassi debuting. It's it's really hard to lay money on either guy. Yeah, definitely a tough fight to bet. I wouldn't bet on this fight. I mean, to me, this is like a contender series fight, which has a lot of variance. Um, you know, Alcassi is almost lucky he's in the UFC right now. Uh, as far as the odds go, I think it could be closer. Cole um, Rivera. He did lose to Chikatsi, who's a decent fighter, but still lost. Didn't look too impressive there. It was up a weight class, though, so you got to give him credit, I guess, for that. He's got a little bit more experience, Cole. He's fought a little bit uh, better competition, but overall, I mean, 9-5 and five record, so it's not a great record. Um, before the fight with Chikatsi, he had three straight wins, though, so, I mean, that's something to keep in mind. Al Kiesi, first fight in the UFC. It's kind of weird he didn't fight in Fire Island. This seems like the kind of guy that would have fought in Fire Island, Cole. Like, why is he going all the way to Vegas for this? Really weird. Um, He's actually on a six-fight unbeaten streak. 
Although one of the fights, for some reason, they don't have the result of it on Tapology. Kind of weird. But uh, yeah, he's had some wins in Brave. He's got more momentum coming in this fight. But I just think you look at the level of competition, it's been pretty low. Definitely, it could be an upset here. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy won. But uh, my slate leans towards Rivera. He already has that experience in the UFC. So I'm going to take him to win decision here, Cole. But honestly, this is definitely upset city potential. So do not bet in this fight. Uh, it's Dogger Pass. I wouldn't even touch it. All right, next up, we have a. Featherweight belt between Yusuf Zalal and Peter Barrett. Right now we have Zalal minus 350, Barrett plus 290. Who's your pick? I like Yusuf Zalal. I don't really like Peter Barrett dropping down to featherweight. He's a guy that's been fighting at lightweight for a while. He's, he's a guy that I'm really not that high on. I don't think he looked that good in the contender series. Picked up a win over Sang Han Wu. But look who he's beat. He beat a guy that was 15 and 75. If you're 15 and 75, why are you still fighting? And like, the, the guys he's fought like five and one, four and two, nine, five, six and four, five and five, ten and twelve, three and two, seven and seventeen, six and twelve. Like he hasn't fought those really tough guys. He hasn't fought since August of last year in the contender series. Yusuf Saul has been active. He, he fought June 27th and then in February. This is already his third fight of the year. He looked he impressed me as the UFC to be. I thought Austin Ling was gonna win that fight. Yusuf Saul impressed me. And then Jordan uh, Griffin, he looked good in that fight. I think Yusuf Salal can get his first UFC stoppage win here. I don't like Barrett cutting the extra 10 pounds. We've seen him be knocked out before. His last knockout loss was at 150. He got submitted at to TJ Brown, who I'm not really on at all, at 145. I think 145 is more successful to get finished. I think Yusuf Salal can either submit him or knock him out late in the fight. Okay, so this guy, Jay Ellis, that's the guy you're talking about? You said he was 1575? At the time. Oh, he's 15 and 93 now. <laughs> And he actually has a win over Gerald Mershart. In 2007, he beat Gerald Mershart. What the hell? Holy crap, this guy must be the worst fighter of all time. He also has a win over Daniel Strauss, the former Bellator champion. That's crazy. Oh, man, this guy's terrible, Cole. And he's fought a lot of actual uh, UFC fighters now, like Mershart, Rocco Martin. And now... If I'm you're on, like, a 20-fight losing streak, what point did your family <laughs> say, I think you got to hang this up? Dude, what in the world? Okay, so since his and he's last... losing every single fight by submission in the first round. Since 2017, he's zero and twenty. This guy, Holy Wait, look at it. It's submission losses in the first round every single fight. This guy's terrible. He, oh man, that, that's what they call can. Um, this is a guy that you bring in. He probably gets paid like a hundred bucks for a fight. Cole, Cole, he had ten fights last year and lost them all. Colby Covington fought him. Oh my god. Yeah, he's actually like I said, he's got some wins. I don't want to get too off track here, but. My God, that guy is awful. Jay Ellis, guys, if you want to tap all GM. Anyways, as far as this fight goes, you have to go this a lot. I mean, he's looked really good in the UFC. Uh, two straight wins over Lingo and Griffin. The Griffin fight was a fun fight to watch. I mean, I don't love the odds of minus 350. I think it's a little bit high. Like, uh, his last fight, he was, I think, minus, like, 140 or something against Griffin. Those were great odds. So, definitely, there was value there. But now people know he's good. So, that's the unfortunate part. Uh, Peter Barrett, I, you know, Cole, I think you should give him a little bit more credit. This is a guy who's definitely overcome a lot. And, you know, to make it to the UFC uh, at, at age 33, it's it's impressive, man. I'm glad he's here. But, uh, you know, like you said, doesn't really have any notable wins. Um, his losses, he's been stopped in. So it kind of worries me a little bit. Maybe this is the fight where his law gets a stoppage. Uh, the odds are kind of leaning towards that way. I'll take some law here. Maybe decision, but uh, could be a stoppage too. Uh, do I love the odds? Not really, but I expect him to win, and I think a lot of people will probably parlay him. What are you going to say? Zalal inside the distance is plus 145. Because Barrett loses by stoppage. 
got a comment here from Gabe. Gabe Killing, what's going on? That's what they call a guy who throws fights. Yeah, he's like Bob Sapp, goes in there, just falls down and covers his head. But seriously, how could you get on a 20 fight win streak or losing streak and your family's like encouraging you? Come on, you can do it. <laughs> Are you kidding me, Cole? Like, oh man, so stupid. All right. Next up, we have this is a fun fight. Featherweight boat, Justin James against Gavin Tucker. So Justin James moving down to 145. Interesting fight here. Gavin Tucker minus 150. Justin James plus 130. Who's your pick? I like the underdog Justin James here. I know he's dropped out of Featherweight, but he's fought Featherweight a bunch before. I, I know I actually prefer him at lightweight. I think that's his best division. I hope either win or lose, he goes back to 55. I know he's talking to James. He said this is a tough cut. If he can make the weight, fine. But I just think he looks so good against Frank Kamako, knocking him in the first. I'm still not completely sold in Gavin Tucker. I know he won his last fight. I picked him in that one. But that Rick Len fight, that was such a beatdown where I still don't know if Justin James could just land a couple punches. Like, Tucker takes so much damage in fights where I think James has so much power, he might be able to connect and knock Tucker out. It's a close fight, but I just slightly lean towards Justin James and that plus money. I think you kind of have to bet him if you're going to bet this fight. But I think James might be able to get Gavin Tucker out. If not, maybe he gets a decision win. Yeah, interesting fight. Uh, Gavin Tucker, definitely one of the better UFC fighters from Canada right now. But, man, that Rick Lent fight still sticks out like a sore thumb. I mean, he took a lot of damage in that fight, guys. And uh, it's kind of like one of those fights that could have ended his career. Two years later, he came back, and he had a nice win last year in um, Edmonton against Sung Wu Choi. But, you know, that's not a great fighter by any means. Justin James, the Frank Camacho fight, I mean, that was impressive. So I didn't expect him to win that fight. He's won five straight fights by stoppage. This guy's pretty good, man. I honestly think Coley could be favored here because of all the recent wins, and I don't trust Tucker, honestly. I, I think if Justin James can land on this guy, he can finish him. I'm going to take Justin James as underdog, Cole. I think he wins this fight, too. I'm with you on this one, man. Uh, I think there is value at plus 130. To me, this is a fight where he should be favored. So um, the odds actually opened at plus 170. That's crazy. Uh, if you got plus 170 in Justin James, that's a, such a good bet. Yeah, I think even plus 130 is not bad. I do think he wins this fight. Um, would Tucker's winning surprise me? No, and that's why the odds are close. But, uh, yeah, I think that there's a spot here to take a shot on the dog. All right, next up we have Andrew Sanchez against Wellington Terman in the middleweight division. Right now we have Wellington Terman, minus 155. Andrew Sanchez, plus 135. Who's your pick? I'm actually going back back underdogs. I think Andrew Sanchez can get this one done. Wellington Terman, I'm still not really high on. I know he beat Marcus Perez. He's lost a split to Carl Robes in, but I know Andrew Sanchez is coming all off uh, Martin Vittori, but for that beat, uh, Andre Barrio beat Marcus Perez. He's a guy that I just think his style can really match well to Terrence really well, where he just likes to grind guys out, just clinch them up against the fence, wrestle them, just really make this fight an ugly fight. I probably won't be too exciting, just grind out a decision to win. I think Sanchez is going to be stronger than Terrence, where you can just kind of hold him there, just do enough along the fence, similar to what Carl Robertson did a lot of the time, but just hold him against the fence land some elbows in the clinch i think that's sanchez's path to victory i think you get the job done by decision but again I, this isn't a fight i'd want to bet at all it's just both these guys i'm not really high on it at all yeah this is a close fight too and i was kind of leaning towards sanchez but then uh there's a few things about Terman that i like first off he's eight years younger 24 years old so i like that um arguably he could be undefeated in the ufc right now the robertson fight was close i'm not saying he's looked impressive by any means but you know he's young and he's getting better and cool like, you know for a guy that's 24 he's a lot of fights so he's fighting often and frequently and he's doing well i'd like to see him get a finish though in the ufc i don't know if this is the fight because sanchez is tough um but he has been stopped a few times earlier in his ufc run where he got stopped to the body as well so um his cardio worries me a little bit as the fight goes on as well i don't know it's a close fight 
definitely can see why you took the dog. I was thinking about it too, but ultimately I'm going to go with Terman to win a decision here. Um, but it's definitely a close fight, man. Not really one where I'm super confident on to have money on it. Next up, we have lightweight belt between Nazarite Hackparast and Alex Munoz. Right now we have Hackparast minus 235, Munoz plus 195. Who's your pick? This is a fight I'm really tempted to take Alex Munoz. I don't understand these odds. These odds should be a lot closer. Alex Munoz is really good. He beat Troy Lampson last time out on the tennis series, beat Nick Newell. He's undefeated guy, really strong wrestler. Comes out of uh, uh, Team Alpha Male. Your eye favors really hyped him up a lot. Hackpress really lost a lot of hype when he got knocked out by Dover in January. I'm picking Hackpress to win. I think he's the better fighter all around. I think on the feet, he's a lot better. I think he can stuff the takedowns. I know he lost to Marcine Howell. Does look at it. Uh, held went three of ten on takedowns, and that was on short notice. So maybe Hackpress's takedown defense is better. If it stays on the feet, he should be able to get the job done. But again, I wouldn't lay this kind of money on Nakas. Nasser at Hackpress is the favorite. No, you can't now after the fight with Dover. I mean, that kind of exposed him. He's definitely a good prospect, and he's young, 24, trains at a good camp, and he's had some great performances in the UFC, the walking solo fight here, but uh, only 3-2 and two in the UFC, Cole, so you know, if you've been betting on him, you've actually lost money because he's been the favorite, and he's lost twice. Um, Alex Munoz is a good prospect, too, man. Six fights and all of them uh, wins. Great wrestler. Looked good in that fight with Lamson last year, and then obviously the Nick Newell fight two years ago, but you know he doesn't fight that often, Cole. He's only got two fights in the last four years. That worries me, man. Uh, Against a guy like Hackbrass who's been staying active. There's definitely a chance that Munoz can win just by using his wrestling and taking Hackbrass down, just like we saw kind of marching hell grind him out. But, uh, you know, I'm leaning a little bit towards Hackbrass just because he has been a little bit more active. I just find it hard to lay juice on this guy after the last fight where he got brutally knocked out. So Hackbrass, probably by decision, maybe stops Munoz. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. He could easily get grinded out, though. So another fight where it's uh, probably dog or pass based on the odds. And I, I want to see what they look at Wayne. I want to see what how Munoz stacks up against him. I don't. I want to see if he's a lot bigger and stronger than Hackress, and maybe if this flips to Munoz, maybe I think he can get him down. But I, it's definitely just fine. I think this the UFC did this on purpose, where it's going to be lightweight so stacked they got to figure out which prospect to kind of push forward. Yep, you're right about that. I agree with that. If Hackbrass loses, I mean that's that's really bad for his career. That's for sure. All right, next up, we have a really fun welterweight belt between Tim Means and Loriano Steropoli. Steropoli minus 135, Tim Means plus 115. Who's your pick? You might go crazy. I'm going the underdog of Tim Means. I think he can get it done. I know it's really hard to question his chin, but I don't think Steropoli has that knockout power. He went the distance with Tiara Elvis and Hector Altana. He lost his last fight to Muslim Salikov. I just think Tim Means can really make this... Uh, just get in close, land some knees, elbows, just make this a really grind and find the Staropoli. I think way the way he start uh, means is losing is guys like Daniel Rodriguez, Nico Price, the guys that just rush in and land those heavy shots. I don't think Staropoli can do that. I think this is going to be a stand-up fight. I think means hits harder. I think he's probably the better striker. I think he can connect, maybe knock on Staropoli, but we didn't, Salikov didn't even knock out. So I'm going to pick Tim means to win. Maybe it's a late finish, maybe a decision, but I don't know. It's such a close fight. Yeah, it's close for sure. It's going to be a fun fight. This, uh, my sleeper pick or fight of the night. I think it's going to be a fun one. But uh, you guys all know I love Tim Means. I mean, I've always loved the guy. He's a fun fighter to watch. Uh, great clinch work, good striking. But, man, he's been getting finished a lot lately, which definitely worries me. Against a guy like Staropoli, he's a lot younger than him. 27 to age 36. Tim Means 36 now. So um, that worries me for sure. Well, Staropoli's looked pretty good in the UFC. The Salakoff fight notwithstanding. Before that, two had two straight wins over Tiago Alves, Hector Aldana. A lot younger, Cole. That's what I like about him here. So 
I like Stuart Poling, man. I, it's almost a fan of Tim Means. I hate saying it because I love Tim Means, but I think at this point in his career, he is winding down a little bit. So uh, give me Stuart Poling, Cole. I think he probably wins a decision here because he, that's how he kind of wins his fights, but he potentially could finish Tim Means as well. All right, next up, we have the main card. First fight in the main card, we don't have odds for it. It was just announced yesterday. Kevin Holland is going to be fighting against Joaquin Buckley in a middleweight boat. We don't have odds, although I imagine Kevin Holland is going to be favored here, Cole. Uh, just give me your thoughts on this fight without the odds. Yeah, Buckley's a guy that was fighting in Elephant Bellator, has a couple of wins at Justin Patterson, who's been around Bellator. Uh, Vinish De Jesus, who's uh, the CES champ in Bellator, lost to Logan Storley. He's been knocked out to a guy like Jackie Gosh. I think Kevin Holland, and then he ended up beating Jackie Gosh in his last fight. So got the revenge, but I just think Holland's a lot better. I think he'll be able to finish this fight here. I know his last, he beat Anthony Hernandez really impressively in 39 seconds. I picked Hernandez in that fight. Before that was Smith against Brent, uh, Brent Allen, Camp him out of that one. I just think he's going to be a lot better than uh, Buckley. Buckley's taken on short notice. Holland's been in a camp repairing. I think he gets the job done. I think he finishes Buckley, but... I the odds are going to be stupidly high. Like I wouldn't even be surprised if he closed at like minus five hundred or something. I just think there's going to be a lot of betting on Kevin Holland in this one. Yeah, I'm with you. I think people are going to trust Kevin Holland to get the win here. Um, Walking Buckley actually has a decent amount of experience. He's fought in Bellator a couple of times. He was uh, three and two overall in Bellator. He actually has a win over Chris Heatherly, he's a former UFC veteran. Also, he has a loss to Logan Storley, good prospect. Two straight wins in LFA by knockout. Just fought uh, last uh, actually on. Uh, he fought on Saturday, Cole. Is that right? So he just fought on um, July 31st. So picked up a quick win and he's getting another fight here against Kevin Holland. But I don't know, man. I mean, Kevin Holland is a talented guy, man. You know, um, UFC record, I think it's four and two. So it's not amazing. But man, when he shows up, he shows up and he's a fun guy to watch. He's a guy with a lot of experience now against high level competition. He's got some good wins. Jeff Neal, that's his best win for sure. Also, has win over Mearshart, Hernandez, Tuchirko. I, I like Kevin Hall here, man. I don't want to overthink it. Cool. I think he probably gets a finish in this fight. Uh, you know, Walking Buckley has been knocked out before. Kevin Holland has knockout power. He also has submission power, uh, prowess on the ground. So, dangerous guy, man. Give me Kevin Hall by stoppage. Cool. That's going to be my pick in this one. All right, next up. Neil Darius against Scott Holtzman in a lightweight belt. Fun fight here. Darius, minus 165. Holtzman, plus 145. Who's your pick? I like Benil Darius, and I don't understand the odds. I think he should be a much bigger favorite. Like, I think he should be at least two to one favorite. I think Darius has looked really impressive. Four fight winning streak, and a really knocking Darius was he couldn't take a punch. He got uh, knocked out to Barboza, the draw against Donham, and then knocked out to uh, Alexander Hernandez. And then since then, he realized he had a neck injury, and he healed that neck injury. And now we show he showed he could take a punch. He took a lot of punches from Drakkar close in that last one, and I'm knocking him out. His striking is a lot better, like as you've seen in the trick car close fight. And then he submitted Drew Dover and Frank Montro. That Dover win looks really impressive after the way Dover's looked. Holtzman, I, his path to victory really is to stand and hopefully knock out Darius. I just don't see that happening. I think Darius is going to be able to get Holtzman down to the ground. The, pro, the big question is, can Darius finish Scott Holtzman? Holtzman's never been finished. He's fought a lot of tough guys. Dover, Emmett, Lentz, those are the only losses. All by decision. I think Darius can kind of, it's going to be similar to what he did to uh, Kamako or Drew Dober, where eventually he just kind of grinds him out. Like similar to the Dober fight, sorry, where the first round's close and then the second round he grinds him out and eventually gets that submission. I think Darius is going to win this fight by stoppage. And after this, I think he can't, he needs to get a rank guy. I think he should have got a rank guy now, man. He's been super impressive. Four straight wins. The knockoff of Drakkar close was nice. The Frank Camacho win was nice. Drew Dober. 
Obviously, he's had some poor performances. He's been finished a couple times, but, uh, man, he's looked good. He's got good wins, Cole. Diego Ferrer, Anthony Rocco Martin, Jim Miller, Michael Johnson. I mean, this guy is – he's really underrated, man. And I'm a little surprised the odds are this low, guys. i got to be honest. I think he should be a much bigger favorite here. Scott Holtzman is good. He's had some nice wins. He's won five of his last six fights. He's tough, hard to finish. But how do you go against Daniel Darius in this fight based on what he's doing? He's looked nothing but impressive. This is definitely a fight to target for a bet in my opinion. Minus one sixty five. I think there's value on him, Cole. I think he should be like minus two fifty. So give me Pino Darius, man. I think he potentially be able to be the first guy that could finish Scott Holtzman. If not, I think he wins the decision. Um, I like this matchup for him. His chin's always going to be concerned, Cole. But uh, Scott Holtzman, he's not really a one punch knockout guy. He's gonna he's more of like a guy that beats you, uh, you know, relentlessly. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, Cole. But I like Darius, man. I like him quite a bit. Do you see that Darius by uh, wins by decision is plus two fifty five? Wow, I, I don't know if it's going to be decision or, or stoppage. Even stoppage is plus one fifty five, so you get plus money if you think he's going to finish the fight or go the distance. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. I like Darius, but man, I would I would probably just take him straight. Just yeah, like, me too. I don't know how he finishes the fight. All right, next up we have a women's bandweight bout: Yana Kuniskawa against Julia Sorolenko. Stolia Renko, she took the fight short notice. Right now we have Kuniskaya. Minus 235, Stolia Renko, plus 195. Who's your pick? I think it's a good matchup for Yannick Kuditskaya. I was picking her to lose against Kevin Vieira. I thought Vieira would be able to just kind of out-wrestle her. This fight, Stolia Renko is a primary striker. I know she has three straight uh, three wins by uh, Armbar, but look, she's 4-1, 0-0, 2-3, and then she had the split in her last fight. She was on tough, lost to Leah Ledson, uh, she beat her and lost to uh, Petty Keen's out on the show and then was brought back for the Ultimate Fighter finale. I'm still not signer. I wasn't that higher on tough. I don't. I think Yana Kuniskaya on the field should be able to piece her up. I think she can defend Storylanko's takedowns. I think she can do enough Yana, uh, to get a decision win. I don't see her finishing Storylanko, but I think this is just a fight for Kuniskaya to get back in the win column, and maybe they give her Vieira Bruno winner after this. If you go to her Instagram, it's just pictures of her and Tiago Santos making out. So if you want to go see that, yeah. you know, guys. Yeah, I like Yana too, Cole. I think the experience from the UFC, she's fought some really high-level competition at this point. Uh, her wrestling is, is pretty strong, I think, overall. Uh, Stolia Ranko, you know what she – Cole, i got to be honest, she had some nice wins in Invicta. That last fight was uh, a really bloody fight, and she won that uh, Bantamweight Championship. So she deserves another chance in the UFC. She has fought in the UFC. She didn't look good the last time. She's won five straight fights. I'm glad she's back. She deserves it. I don't think she wins this fight. I think Yana just kind of grinds her out for three rounds, especially with the full camp. I mean, Stolia Renko, Stolia Renko is taking a short notice. So, Yana Cruz Carroll by decision. Next up, Darren Stewart against Mackie Patolo. Right now, we have Darren Stewart minus two hundred, Patolo plus one seventy. Who's your pick? I like Darren Stewart in this fight. I'm still not high on Mackie Patolo. I know he beat Charles Bird at UFC two fifty, but still, that loss to Callum Potter didn't look good. And Darren Stewart to me is a much better fighter. I know his last fight. It wasn't Cage Warriors. It was a UFC fight, though. He lost to Bardos Fabinski before that beat Duran Wynn, beat Von Lewis, lost to Edmund Shabazzian. I still think Darren Stewart. I'm still high on. I know he had that stretch where he lost three straight and then beat Spicing Bird, but he's a guy that's inconsistent, but I think so is Mac Patolo. I think this fight isn't going to go the distance. I think one of them is going to get finished, and I think it's going to be Patolo getting finished by Darren Stewart, whether it be a submission or a knockout. Yeah, a close fight for sure. I, I think the fight's closer than the odds are. And you know I'm going to take my boy, Mac Vitolo, man. I've been high on this guy since Contender Series, man. His striking is really good. Uh, Darren Stewart's solid. Don't get me wrong. He is solid, but uh, he has some flaws in his game. His takedown defense, he's been submitted a couple times. He gets uh, taken damage from strikes too. So 
you know, this guy's solid. Don't get me wrong. I think Patolo is solid too. I think this fight's almost a pickup fight. Plus 170, I got to take a shot on Mac Patolo, man. I think he could potentially stop Darren Stewart strikes. And this guy's got really good body work. And I think that could be a, a factor in this fight. So close fight for sure. But to me, the odds say you got to pick Patolo here. So give me uh, Patolo. I wouldn't go crazy on this because it can go either way. But uh, plus 170, I'm going to take a shot on him. Next up, co-main event, Chris Weidman against Omari Akhmedov. The odds right now very close, minus 115. Chris Weidman, Akhmedov, minus 105. Who's your pick? I had Chris Weidman gets back into the win column. I just think him and Akhmedov are so similar in fighters, just Weidman does it better. Akhmedov doesn't have that one punch dog of power that knocks Chris Weidman out. He's that grinder type who likes to use his wrestling. I don't think I think Weidman's the better wrestler, and I think he's the bigger guy. I think he's going to be stronger than Akhmedov. Akhmedov used to fight at uh, welterweight. No way Chris Weidman can make welterweight. Weidman, I know... He's on that loss to Dominic Reyes. And even though that was the only fight where he truly lost, the other ones like Souza, Musasi, Romero, uh, he was all in that fight. Then he ended up just getting caught. He submitted Kelvin Gaslam, which is his last win. He really needs a win here. I think this is a favorable matchup for him. I think he can get the job done. I don't know if he'll be finished, uh, if he'll be able to finish Akhmedov. Akhmedov is tough. Maybe he gets a third round stoppage or something like that, but I think Wadman gets the job done. Yeah, I like the fight. Uh, I think it's an interesting matchup, but. I like Akhmedov, man. You have to fake Chris Weidman. You can't bet on Chris Weidman anymore. He's lost five of his last six fights by stoppage. I understand he's fought elite competition. Don't get me wrong. He's fought the best guys in the world, but he gets finished in brutal fashion. I don't trust his chain against pretty much anyone right now to go 15 minutes, if not you know 25 minutes, if it was a five-round uh, main event. It's only a three-round fight, so lucky him. I think the last fight was scheduled for five rounds, which would have been really bad for him. Even in 15 minutes, I think Akhmedov can finish him, man. I know he's kind of on this role where he's just decisioning guys, but I think this is going to be a fight where he could catch Chris Weidman. If not, I think Akhmedov's tough enough where he can kind of stuff the takedowns and, you know, keep the fight standing and kind of uh, just kind of batter Chris Weidman, man. This is a total fan, Chris Weidman. I love the guy. Man, he is a – he was a great fighter, man, for a while. It's just really unfortunate how his career's kind of tailed off at the end, but, you know, um, it's what happens in the fight game, man. You get old quick, and I think that's what's happened to him. Akhmedov actually – uh, is four years younger, surprisingly. He doesn't look it, but he is. Six fight unbeaten streak. He's got some nice wins. He and Heinish, Abdul Razak, Alassane. I, I like Akhmedov uh, Cole. I think he wins probably by knockout once again, but it could be decision too. All right, main event of the evening. Man, interesting fight here, Cole. Derek Lewis against Alexi Olenek. And right now we have Derek Lewis minus 225, Olenek plus 185. Who's your pick? I'm going Derek Lewis by knockout, but I think this is a fight you can't really bet unless you go. I think it's dog or pass for that. I don't think he can lay this kind of money on Derek Lewis. Maybe look for a prop of knockout. I don't think he's going to win a decision. Alexi Olenek is so dangerous on the ground where if he gets down on the ground, he can submit anyone. But the problem is Derek Lewis is so big and so strong where I just think he can just burst back up. We saw what he did against Olenek. Like the TV took him down, and he literally just stood up with his own power. I think he do that same thing against Olenek. I think he can, I think he can. Uh, Heard Olenek early. I think this is going to be similar to like that Alistair Overeem where uh, Olenek has some success early on the feet, and then by the late first round, he gets knocked out. I think Lewis is going to finish this fight first, second round by knockout. There's only two ways this fight ends. Derek Lewis by knockout or Alexi Olenek by submission. I don't see it ending any other way. It won't I be- don't think it goes past three rounds either. I don't think five rounds. This fight didn't need to be five rounds. I don't, I, I don't think it needs a full five. It's a tough fight to call, man. I mean, Derek Lewis, I've pretty much picked him in every fight except for DC, but almost every other fight I've picked him in. I, I love Derek Lewis. I've always been high on him. 
anyone who's listened to my podcast for like the last six or seven years knows that I'm high on this guy. It's strike. It's not striking. is not great by any means, but the power he possesses is just ridiculous. Having said that, Cole, he's been finished a lot of times too. And we saw what happened in the Cormier fight where he got taken down. He got tapped up pretty quick in that fight. Um, Olenek, he is old. He's 43. He's a guy who's been knocked out a bunch of times himself. You can't trust his chin that much. But that ground game is incredible, and he looked great against Verdun Cole. I'm going to go with the underdog here, Cole. I'm taking Olenek, man. I think at plus 195, there's value. I think – or plus 185. This is a close fight, man. I think it's a pick em fight with a slight lean towards Lewis if you had to, like, lay a lot, make a line for it. But plus 185 on a guy that has a clear path to victory, I know I'm crazy. I'm taking it, Cole. And definitely it's a risk because he can get knocked out any second. But I think Cole, if he closes the distance and gets his fights to the ground, I think he taps out Derek Lewis really quick. I actually think he can get a, a very naked choke or an Ezekiel choke again, possibly even. So we'll see what happens. But I mean, we've actually had quite a few underdogs that have won main events since the UFC's restarted in May. So I think this is a spot where another one can win. So yeah, I know it's definitely taking a risk here, but I'm taking Ole Nick by submission. Probably in the first round, if I had to guess. What are the odds on that, actually? I gotta take a look at that. Oh, Olnick inside distance plus two thirty. Now nah, I'd rather just take the money one, just in case. I mean, I don't think it goes five rounds, but who knows? Also, the fight that doesn't go the distance—that's minus six seventy-five. <laughs> but it's gonna win. I don't Under one and a half is minus one hundred five. Yeah, like yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I see that too. I think that probably wins, Cole. I don't think it goes actually past the first round. To be honest with you, Cole. All right, let's just do contenders. If it goes past the second or third round, this is gonna be a sloppy fight. Both guys gas pretty easily. 100%, definitely. I think Lewis actually probably has better cardio. But yeah. Olnick looked good in the last fight, man. For an old man, he looked really good. All right, let's just do uh, Dana White's contender series quick. The uh, card actually takes place tonight. One fight fell off. Kenny Cross against Devontae Robinson. Fight was scratched. I think Robinson missed weight. And I'm not sure why it was scratched, but he uh, he did get scratched, so the fight's off. Kenny Cross might actually just get signed in the UFC, if I had to guess at this point. He probably should be there anyways. He's a pretty good yeah. prospect, and he would have won that fight. All right, so we got four fights in the card now. It's tonight. Uh, we'll start with the uh, the first fight in the card: Jose Flores against Jordan Levitt. And again, you got to remember with contender series, these guys are not in the UFC. There are a lot more variants, a lot of upsets. So be careful. Jose Flores against Jordan Levitt. Right now, we have Levitt at uh, minus one twenty-five. Flores plus one hundred five. Who's your pick? My showing with an underdog here, and Jose Flores a slight underdog. I know we have that uh, contender series saying lost to Matt Froll by submission. Since then, picked two wins up in uh, Combate. I know the level competition wasn't that good, but he's been a guy, he's fought in Bellator, he has a, some good wins. Jordan Levitt, I know he's undefeated, but again, it's just level competition with these contender series guys. I always complain about it every single contender series show. A lot of these guys are fighting guys that are like 1-5 and five or 2-6. and six. They just don't fight, so it's hard to see. That's what makes it so hard to pick is you don't really know how good they are because they haven't really beat anyone good. Yeah. I think Flores has the more experience. I think he's better. I think he can get the job done. I don't know if either guy will be able to finish it. And if really, if you don't get a finish, you're probably not getting signed. Yeah, close fight for sure. But I kind of lean towards Flores a little bit too. Levitt's fought no one. He's undefeated for sure, but he's fought nobody's. He does have a win over Johnny Walker. That's not the same Johnny Walker, just so you guys know. Uh, I like Flores, man. I'm with you, Cole. I think, first off, there's a lot of underdogs that win on Contender Series. And this guy has more experience and he's on a nice little win streak. And uh, I think he can make do here in his second chance in the Contender Series. Give me Jose Flores as an underdog. Next up, we have Jerome Rivera against Luis Rodriguez. Rivera, minus 265. Rodriguez, plus 225. Who's your pick? I don't know any contender series fight has anyone above minus 250. Like, How can you really trust? I'm yeah. picking Jerome Rivera to win this fight, but 
a dogger pass. You could not lay that kind of money on Jerome Rivera, who's lost to I submit against Roberto Sanchez and lost an injury to Brandon Royval. Luis yeah. Rodriguez is on a big winning streak, has some knockout power at fly. Either guy, I think, is going to be a nice addition to fly just because they both finished their fights. I think Rivera on the ground is a lot better. I think you'll be able to submit Rodriguez, but again, you cannot lay that kind of chalk on him. Uh, great breakdown goal, and I agree with you. I mean, Rivera definitely has more experience. He's fought some good fighters. He's a flyweight boat, by the way. Um, Rodriguez, though, seven straight wins, Cole. The thing is, he's fought like literally nobody, so it's hard to say how good he is. Just like you said, Cole, how do you know how good these guys are, really? We'll find out. My pick is going to be Rivera. He probably gets a submission. That's kind of how he wins his fights, but Rodriguez can win this fight. It's dog or pass based on the odds. Next up, Uros Medic against Mikey Gonzalez. And right now you have Medic minus 150, Gonzalez plus 130. Who's your pick? This one I'm really torn on. Like, I could see either guy winning. I could see Medic going out there and knocking on Mikey Gonzalez. I could see Mike Gonzalez going out there and submitting uh, Medic. I favor Medic slightly. I think he has that more power. He can connect on Gonzalez and knock him out. But this is the one where I have such a hard time picking. I would even make a bet on either guy. Yeah, this is a close fight too. And Again, how do you be confident in guys that we, quite frankly, don't know much about? Um, Medic, I've heard good things about him. I know our boy Al Zulino was saying some good things about him. So he's definitely a solid prospect, five straight wins in Alaska FC. But Cole, look at the level of competition. These guys he's fighting are terrible. Uh, Mikey Gonzalez actually has fought better competition. Justin Baseman, he has two wins over him. Justin Baseman's an okay fighter. That's a decent win. Um, he's fought him twice and beat him both times. Um, but, uh, you know, he's a little bit older here, Cole, 34. Medic is only 27, so it kind of makes me lean towards Medic. But again, how do you be super confident? Um, I'm going to take Medic, Cole. I think he probably gets the win here, but it's, it's close. Last fight on the card, light heavyweights. Ty Flores against Justin Jacoby. The, did you see the odds? If you look at if you click on him at best fight odds, the odds actually open at Flores minus 300. Now it's flipped. Jacoby's minus 320. So you saw a complete flip on this fight. And uh, Flores plus two sixty. Who's your pick, Cole? Yeah, anyone that got just I have Jacoby winning this one. Anyone that got him at plus money is yeah, it's such a good bet. Just Jacoby, he's got that went zero and two in the UFC. He got cut. Has some notable wins like he beat Tim Williams, beat Andrew Sanchez. He has kickboxing win over Carl Roberson. After it, after uh, fighting kind of, he been uh, fighting Glory a lot. He fought the guy. He got knocked out of Alex Pereira, who's the guy that knocked out of Sonny Glory. Then he went to Bellator. Lost two fights, Kegmo and John Salter. You can't really complain about the Salter loss. Salter's really good. And then since then, he's just really been doing kickboxing. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does an MA. His last MA fight was uh, June of 2019. I think Jacoby, it's kind of weird. Jacoby's on the contender series given how much experience he has. He's kind of not a prospect anymore. He's uh, 32 years old, but a light heavyweight that's still kind of young. I think Jacoby can win this fight. Flores is tough. He is a lot younger. I favor Jacoby, but at those odds, you really can't bet him anymore. Yeah, I don't know, Cole. I, I kind of lean towards Flores, man. I'll be honest. I think at this plus money you can get him at now, I think there's value on him, man. Dustin Jacoby definitely has more experience in combat sports. No doubt about it. He's got a lot of experience and glory. But I don't really trust him as an MMA fighter, man. I think Ty Flores, he's training at Elevation Fight Team. I've heard good things about this guy. At 26 years old. He's pretty young. Six years younger. He's on a five-fight win streak. He has a couple notable uh, opponents. Jeff Milley, he got knocked out by Jeff Neal, but he also has a win over James Bocknevik, who's the UFC vet. Um, I've heard good things about this guy, man. LFA experience. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards Ty Flores. I think this is a spot where a dog can win, but, uh, you know, Jacoby, definitely an experienced guy. He's fought better competition. I can see why you're taking him for sure, and a guy who has uh, previous UFC and Bellator experience. 
All right, I think that's going to be it. Well, the only other thing I want to ask you about quickly was uh, John jo uh, John Jones will not be stripped by Dana Way. Sorry, you read the article. Um, what do you think about that, Cole? I, I think you could have stripped him because at this point, like that division needs to move on. No, I just, just kind of with. I think he kind of gets to the end of the year. He fought in February. You can only give a year for the champions. I think, true, true, true. I think he has a little while, but if by the end of this year, if he doesn't have a fight book, then maybe you're lucky at the first pay per view in January being like a Reyes Blahovich vacant belt or something like that, or Maybe Glover sneaks in there if he beats Tiago Santos, and maybe Santos sneaks in there. I think the division kind of needs to move on, but I think you kind of have to wait to the end of the year to see if John Jones is really going to sit out. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong about that, Cole. And just your quick thoughts on a few fights here. Jared Kanier, Robert Whitaker, thoughts on that one? I don't know who I'm picking in that one. That is such a good fight. I could see either guy winning that. Guy, winner of this has to get winner of Adesanya Costa. I know if it's Whitaker, they just fought, but... Whitaker looks good. I don't think he really showed up that on a Sony fight. I think he's a lot better than what he proved out there. But this was the fight to make. I know people are saying, oh, Cannonier just has to sit out. But he can't sit out for that long and fight Costa at a Saudi winner in, what, March, April? And after not fighting since September 2019, he had to get another fight in. If he beats Robert Whitaker, that's a big name. It adds to the fight against the winner of Adesanya Costa. It just made all the sense to do this fight. Yep, I'm with you on that one. And then Kanner Boatser and Andre Olovsky. I think it's a good step up for Tanner Bozer. Bozer looks good. It's a big name. If you can beat Arlovsky, he's a former champion. Then you start getting in those ranked guys. Arlovsky beat Philip Lenz. He's kind of that hit and miss. Sometimes he looks good. Sometimes he gets knocked out with the first punch. Maybe it's another fight where Bozer's a guy that, on the regional scene, it's funny. I've talked to him a bunch. He goes, I'm not a heavyweight that finishes. He's a guy that goes to the distance. He likes to really just drown guys in the later rounds. He knows heavyweights have terrible cardio. Yeah. I think this is, I just passed a fight by knockout. I think maybe he could connect on Arlovsky, knock him out again. And the last fight, Rodolfo Vieira gets Marcus Perez. Uh, I am so high on Rodolfo Vieira. His jiu-jitsu, it is so tough to stop him. If he gets you down to the ground, he's going to smit you. Yep. But I I don't know. I think you kind of have to lead towards uh, Vieira getting a job done by an inside the distance. Yep, I'm with you on those, Cole. Okay, and that's it for today's podcast, Cole. But once again, thanks for joining me, Cole. I really appreciate it. Everyone who's sending a question, really appreciate it. Also, Daniel Edwards, I missed your comment. He'll do a double chance bet on Lewis Olenek. Yeah, that could win. All right, Cole, plug away, man. Go ahead. Yeah, Twitter, Akhlashow91. The uh, podcast album, Beach Pen's already out. Uh, it's Olenek, Darius, Holtzman, Kuniskaya. So I'll have all written stories with them. Spoke to Tim Johnson and Curtis Miller. They'll be up on Beach Pen. Had their belt for fight. And then I have fighter picks for Olenek Lewis. And then I did one for Chandler Henderson, which goes down on Friday as well. Awesome. And like I said, I'll be previewing that card later this week. I'm thinking actually Thursday I'm going to do that podcast because I'm uh, working Friday. So I'll do the Bellator podcast Thursday at 10 a.m., guys, if you want to join in and uh, uh, with me on that one. Also check me out at bjpen.com, mmaosbaker.com, the home of this podcast, and mmarings.net. Hope you guys have a great rest of the week. I'll be back on Thursday. Cole, thanks again, man, for uh, previewing the podcast with me. And I hope you guys enjoy the rest of this week. I'll see you soon. Bye.